0: Chris Wolpert is the founder of Group Benefit Solutions. He is a consultant, speaker, an author, and an EBA rising star. And now, finally, a guest on Money Savage Maximize. Welcome, Chris.
1: Thanks, George. Pleased to be here.
0: Yes, this is George Grumbacher. It is time to go. Chris, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, So personal life. um, I'm uh, married. um, uh, My wife and I were college sweethearts and uh, we got married almost 13 years ago. Um, We've got three beautiful children. Uh, We've got uh, a dog and we have eight chickens.
0: Nice. Appreciate that. Eight chickens, huh? How many eggs a week do you get from those chickens?
1: Um, Probably about on average, I'd say about 24 or so. So about two dozen.
0: Okay, nice. And how long have you been doing that?
1: Um, we just started that last year. So this has been fairly a fairly new development and actually it's been timely with everything that's been going oh, for on. Sure. No eggs in the store and those kinds of things. So yeah, it's been good.
0: Nice. Well I appreciate that. And why do you do what you do?
1: Yeah, so um our, our purpose really is to provide the very highest quality health care and transparent healthcare to every working family um while offering them zero out of pocket options
0: nice appreciate that high quality transparency zero out of pocket when you say transparency um is that why why do you need to say that is that just because the industry itself isn't necessarily that transparent
1: yeah and and usually if when i'm outlining my my value proposition i usually don't share that piece of it but um you know i thought that there's there's um you know and transparent can mean so many different things to so many different people and so um you you know it's i think really the the ultimate um uh, ultimately what we're trying to do is is get people access to to quality health care and the problem is is that um up until recently people have really not been able to understand um, the uh, the quality metrics behind the doctors or the providers that they're that they're going to, uh, they're not able to identify some of the misaligned incentives that are taking place place in so many different areas of the healthcare access system or just the healthcare system in general, and um, and ultimately they don't know what they're going to pay until after they've had a procedure or um, a scan or whatever they 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 don't know what they're going to pay until they get the bill after it's been completed um, and there's there's nowhere that, that that exists in any other part of our economy
0: no that's hundred percent true we <laughs> I guess <laughs> I'll have this and after I eat it or whatever that's 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 that that's when you're gonna get the bill or figure out how much it actually costs so
1: y- yes exactly
0: <laughs> and is 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 that part of because that there that, that really is pretty preposterous if you think about it and You know, we were talking offline. I've got a couple of young kids and certainly been, you know, doing more doctor stuff than in in my previous uh, time as an adult. Um, And if you're not mindful of how much things cost, you know, it can just be outlandish and, and out of control. So do you see that 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 changing or is it just a matter of we need to really equip people to be better consumers?
1: Well, yeah, I do see that changing. And um, the here's the example or the, the analogy I always like to make is it's, um, you know, it's Netflix versus Blockbuster. And so when you think about Blockbuster, um, you know, they had a fixed location, it was a store that you would have to go to, um, you, you know, you show up there, you would uh, try to find the movie that you wanted to rent, whatever new release was, it all it would always be out, of course, right? <laughs> so You'd have to settle for something else. You'd figure out, all right, what are we going to watch? Then you weave your way through this long line of of candy and and whatever else, all these other temptations. You finally get up there to pay for your movie. You'd have late fees, of course, because they had. It Mm -hmm. would just, you know, that was a big part of their revenue was uh, was was the late fees that they were charged. Um and it's interesting because when they were at their height, when they were at their most successful when Blockbuster was when was also at the same time, they were one of the top ten most hated brands in America. <laughs> wow. And it all had to do with the with with late fees and everything else and the frustration, but everybody just felt like, well, we gotta go there because that's where you go to rent to rent movies. And um you know it was it's very much you know there's so many other things i could point to and and compare it to our current healthcare system and how it's fee for service and how um you know you've you've got to show up at your doctor's office and have these things done and then you've got to pay a copay and then if but if they send you down for labs and you potentially have to pay for those too and again you just have no real idea what you're going to ultimately end up spending um you know when you when you go in there or when you go into Blockbuster and and thank god my my kids are too young for Blockbuster because we had to weave through all that candy there's, there's no way between the three of them that I'd be able to, yeah, yeah. I'd be spending <laughs> just as much as if I went down to the movie theater. So, um, so contrast that with what, with what people, uh, are doing now. And certainly during all this, this quarantine, I'm sure Netflix is just has seen their, their, um, their usage spike, I'm sure. Um, and, uh, where it's, it's access on demand, you can stream, you know, things directly to your advice, to your device. You can have um, different people in a household watching, you know, different uh, different forms of entertainment. Um, and it's and it's you you know what you're going to pay each month. Right. You've got basically a bundle where you're you're paying a set amount. You can use it as much or as little as you want to. And um, that seems to be where I think a lot of areas of our economy are going. And, and healthcare care um, is trending that direction, because what we're seeing is millennials like like myself um, are are, are disrupting every industry. And certainly, certainly healthcare is, is not going to, um, is, is not going to get away with, um, with just doing the same thing that we've done for, for years and, and decades, frankly.
0: Yeah. Well, I certainly hope not. So, so for people who are listening, they say, yeah, yeah, I'd like to trade in my, my, uh, laminated blockbuster, uh, card and, uh, get more of that Netflix model for my healthcare. Uh, and, and, and maybe from a company standpoint, too, because that's where most of us get our benefits. How, mm-hmm. how how do you counsel people to move more towards Netflix? Uh,
1: well, you know, the, the first thing we do is is um, have them take a step back and realize that because I don't there many people don't realize that um, there's a different way than just having that laminated card. Right. They, they just think I need to have insurance so that I can access the healthcare system or I need to be part of this big Huge, wide-open network so that my doctor is is in network and and that type of thing, um, and and it's just simply not the case, right? So there there are doctors that are out there that have been frustrated by this this system as well, just like myself and some others in in the um, uh, healthcare consulting and, and benefits um, industry are, are are doing things to to disrupt that. Um, some of the the things that uh, employees can do, whether you're part of that decision at your company or not, is simply bring it up to your um, uh, you bring it up to your HR department, bring it up to your finance team and say, Hey, you know, there's, there's other ways out there to do this. Have you guys looked at that? So, um, typically where we'll start, um, with, with, with somebody is, is really get them to understand that the claims that are taking place inside their healthcare plan are ultimately what are driving those costs up year after year. Um, and so when they realize that, and then we take a step back and say, look, um, if you're overspending for hospitalization, outpatient surgery, for drugs, for physicians. What what if we look at each of those individually rather than just looking this looking at this from a perspective of this we've got this insurance problem. Um, you know, really what you have is you have a supply chain of healthcare problems. So if you start to see that look, if we introduce a few things along the way that are going to help us access the healthcare delivery system in a way that is um, transparent. Right, so we understand the quality metrics and the cost behind what we're getting, um, and and make it um, easy and more affordable for employees. I.e., we put in place programs that are going to be able to eliminate their out-of-pocket costs. Because again, going back to Netflix and Blockbuster, each time you go into Blockbuster and you use that card, you're going to have to also pull out you know cash or debit card, whatever. Whereas um, it, it, with Netflix, you've just got this subscription, basically, right? So. Um, you can take that same approach. Um, and where I would recommend that a lot of companies or certainly even individuals that are listening, where they would start is just simply look at how they're accessing the healthcare system, which usually begins with their primary care physician. So you can, uh, if you, and that's usually about 90% of any healthcare services that you're gonna need are gonna be able to be delivered in um, in, in a family care doctor's office. So. If you can find some ways to just simply begin there and then you can start to introduce other strategies and solutions along the way, then um, that's, that's typically where we'd like to start.
0: Got it. So it's starting with it's instead of going somewhere else for your medical care, make sure you're going to your primary care doctor?
1: Yeah, well, I, I'd like to take it even a step further and say, you know, looking at look at a direct primary care model. Right. So look at something where you can have that subscription based type program, which is a lot less than than buying insurance. um, And then you've got a doctor who is now your advocate in in the healthcare delivery system, which you maybe didn't have before. Um, You know, the average time that that doctors can spend with um, with patients in a um, uh, in a more traditional setting or in a fee for service type setting is, um, you know, 10 to 12 minutes. Whereas um, you know, if you've got a, a direct primary care um, relationship, you can spend a lot more time with your doctor. You can go in as much as you need to or as little as you need to. Um, in, in my case, I'm able to manage the whole relationship with my direct primary care doctor through two apps. So one is one where I can communicate directly with her, schedule appointments, um, follow-ups, w- whatever the case is. And then the other one is just simply one where all my medical records are housed. So um, it's and it's a secure HIPAA compliant, all those types of things. And so, um, you know, a lot of times that's the other thing is it's like, gosh, I got to think about switching doctors and then getting my medical records. And it's this big bureaucratic fragmented process that nobody likes. And um, and yet we also know that we're overspending for for care that we're getting or drugs that we need to get filled and all those types of things. And so typically if we can start there, um, you know, and use that, use some of those technology pieces to, to supplement that, um, it's a much more convenient and also much more cost-effective.
0: So why wouldn't companies do this?
1: That's a good question, George. I don't I can't <laughs> answer that one. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think for a long time, it's been, um, uh, it's, it's been just kind of, you know people follow the status quo path they, they've always done it this way they've always had this blue cross card in their pocket or you know whoever um you know they've just been used to they've been conditioned to believe that there's only one way to do this and it seems like too much work or too much disruption or um you know it you know people are just conditioned to to not want to change and so that's been a big part of it and that's where um, I think that not only the generational change that's happening within the workforce, but also clearly this, uh, you know, the, court, the quarantine, coronavirus, all this stuff has has changed. You know, there's there's a lot of people that they can't get into their doctor right now because their doctor has been deemed a non-essential business. And and uh, I've even seen uh, there are some healthcare care um, workers in um you know that are part of you know elective surgeries or, or different areas that they're getting furloughed now at this point as well. So um, so their access to the healthcare system has been disrupted, and um, and I think that coming out of this, you're going to see a lot more, um, you know, you're going to see a lot more people, not just not just people in, in my industry and not just HR directors and CFOs, but you're going to see rank and file employees saying, hey, this is dumb. Why do we do it this way? what if we do try something new right because everybody's now um you know is is whipped up in a way that they're going to be a little bit more um i think a little more open to to making this change because they are going to see it as positive because there certainly has been some um some cracks and some fissures and and certainly as i mentioned the just how opaque this whole system is um has really been exposed to just your your average everyday employee
0: Yeah. Well, that certainly does make sense. And I can, I can just put myself in the shoes of a a human resources professional when they make a change like this. And then just the mass confusion and fear that they get from employees because of inertia. This is what we've always done. So I I can certainly see that as a huge reason for, for not wanting to upset the apple cart and make a change. But right. to your point, you know, this is a, a disruptive time and maybe it's a great time to be doing it.
1: Right. Well, and picture this too. So, so one of the things that we do obviously is, is, um, uh, you know, a lot of our engagement and communication is centered around, um, technology. And so we're doing a lot to help people enroll in their benefits online. And certainly during all this, that's only increased as well too. Um, but one of the other things that we've done a lot is, um, we've incorporated video. And so um, you know, we can send out a video with uh, with a um, leadership that uh, is talking about, hey, look, we're, we've made some changes. Here's what's going on. Um, I would be incorporated in that. And then in many cases, we can actually have um, a doctor that's part of one of those direct primary care um, facilities or, or clinics or, or what have you. Um, they're involved in the open enrollment process as well. So not only are employees um, they're they're shown that, hey, th- this is different you know we've we've got something that we think is much better but here if you do elect to go down this path here's your doctor this is who you're going to interact with on a um, on an annual basis or on a monthly basis or how often or however often you go in Uh, but they actually have an opportunity to share about their practice um there's somebody obviously that's in the same local community so you kind of have that that tie back to to somebody um, that you can to begin to develop a relationship with and really develop a relationship with and not 10 minutes at a time once a year. Right.
0: Yeah. It certainly makes sense to me. So what is that term for people who are listening? They say, I, I, I want this. What is the term that they should bring up to their HR folks?
1: Uh, I think probably the most common term would be direct primary care. There's also virtual primary care that's out there. Um, So like my doctor I shared with you, for example, she's doing um, virtual visits during this time. So actually, I've got a virtual visit later this week. But um, so anything along those lines, I think direct primary care is probably the most common. Um, There are some doctors out there that they just solely do um, DPC or direct primary care. And then there's others that are kind of a hybrid where they're doing primary, direct primary care, but they're also, they also still do take insurance. Um, So that might be something to look into as well if you're wanting to dip your toe in, uh, for example. But, um, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that would be a good place to start for sure. I love it. Well,
0: Chris, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them?
1: All right. My difference making tip is to go to www.dpcfrontier.com. And uh, what that is, is essentially it's a resource where you'll be able to look up um, direct primary care legislation in your state. You can look up direct primary care clinics and hybrid clinics that are in your local area and um, has their contact info and and those types of things. So whether you're um, a CFO, an HR director, a rank and file employee, or somebody who's buying their their insurance, or buying their access to the healthcare delivery system um, on your own, then uh, there's going to be resources there for uh, for everybody.
0: Well, I like think that is great stuff. That definitely gets a, come on, come on. And that is a great resource right there, DPCFrontier.com. Well, Chris, thank yes. you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you?
1: I'm probably most active on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I do a Friday fable every Friday, where I take an Aesop's fable and relate it back to um, to healthcare. Nice. Um, so I would say look me up on LinkedIn. Otherwise, you can go to our website, which is www.gbsbenefitsgroup.com.
0: Perfect. Well Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Chris your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Follow him on LinkedIn and go to G I'm sorry, give me the website again. It's GBS Benefits
1: Group dot com.
0: got dot com. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Chris. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.